20 minutes of that. That was that was 20 minutes of gold. That was a banger. Oh, well, <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? Other than get mad. Get mad that's or get right. effort. And that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. These are not warm sounds. And it's a new week of the Beer Engine Podcast. We've got a new new guest. This guy goes by many names, but you probably know him best as Griff. Oh, hey, Tony. It's great to be here. Uh, thanks for having me on. So, uh, you know, what'd you bring me on here to talk about? I don't know. Like, have you ever thought of just going off the top of your head? It's kind of a thing over the recent weeks. Just sort of, yeah. No sort of planning. No games. Just, just, just winging it. Just yeah. free flowing. Uh, a conversation. Uh, a free-flowing conversation that may reach mature seg- sub- subjects. Was that what they used to say at the beginning of, like, a Bill Simmons podcast? Yes. <laughs> Something like that? May may have <laughs> mature con... Oh, right. It was, it was uh, a weird phrasing. It wasn't like TV, but it was, yeah. It was like- they said something like, it's a free-flowing conversation. I'm like, you wish it was. <laughs> uh, In the way that corporate <laughs> have free-flowing conversations. Like, it was yeah. the most corporate thing ever. Right. Radical candor. That's a, that's a popular term in corporate corporate speak. Yeah, Tony, I'm I'm back. I'm back. Fine. You know, I, I can't do it off the top of my head quite as good as 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 Brian. He he can just fly off the handle. He yep. can get mad about something like that too. He gets he will become so angry at something stuff he likes. It's stuff he thinks is good. He'll yes. just get, he'll just go insane about it. Yeah, and it's a skill that I wish I had. But the thing is, five seconds later, he'll forgotten that he's even spoken about that that topic because he wasn't passionate in the first place. Man, he's good at faking it. That's what I will say about him. Well, not so much faking it, but living in the moment. Now, I hear that you've been living in the moment. You've been doing a uh, sister of the travelling pants, sisterhood of the travelling yeah, pants, I'm, with your I'm, own I'm, body, though. I'm the pants. Yeah. I'm the pants. And, uh, I've been, I've been, you know, I've been all over these ladies. No, kidding. Um, yeah, I had to go back to Chicago a couple times actually in like a week, um, which sucked. Uh, didn't care for that. Uh, then I had, um, to do Thanksgiving, had to cook dinner. Uh, wasn't there was a couple things I wasn't too happy with, but they all got eaten. So I was like, I guess everybody else likes this, and I don't. That's cool. Okay, um, now, now so yeah, you've got to fill us fine. in on on what those things were. What were the things that didn't live up to your expectations? Were they things that you cooked, or were it things other people cooked? Your Thanksgiving. Uh, I made them. I made them. There is a recipe I made. Uh, um. Uh, an Ina Garten recipe that was like an overnight mac and cheese. So you sent. Um, noodles. We're chopping up really badly here. Cheese overnight to, to help them absorb. Yeah. You're, you're a little bit fuzzy. You might want to turn off your video. Okay. I'm, I'm fuzzy. Uh, do we start? Yeah. Oh, sorry folks. I'll be right with you. 
I've done the wrong thing, whether we keep this or not. But he was talking about Ina Gartner, overnight mac and cheese. Um, yeah. So it didn't turn out the way you thought. This is a shit show start, but we're not doing it again. We've already done 20 minutes of this show to <laughs> fail on us. I would normally redo all this shit. We're only four minutes in, but that's the way it goes. Tell me about the disappointment of an Ina Gartner. I can never say a name. The barefoot contessa. What was the problem with her overnight mac and cheese? Was it just bad? Well, it, yeah, it just didn't work quite quite right. I think I made some crit, some strategic errors in the mm. pan choice because there was there were not enough dishes in this house, um, like casserole style or like Corningware type dishes. So I, I used one that was probably a little too deep. But gotcha. also, I do not believe that the uh, overnight function worked to the proportions necessary, and it did not quite absorb all of the stuff. Now, my guess would be that the next day when you maybe toss this in the microwave or uh, heat it back up on the stove, it probably comes out a lot better, um, like a third day later. But I wasn't too thrilled with it right away. That said, there is a guy at the thing who just housed the damn shit. So I was like, oh, whatever. All right. I guess somebody likes this. Um, and I just don't fucking like turkey. I mean, Brian, we've me and me and Brian and you on the old show Table for Eight uh, yep. talked. Maybe maybe spent half of the episodes talking about how much we hate turkey. So I just don't care of it. Care for it. Um, everyone else is like, this is so juicy, it's so nice, it's so good. I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Um, it, it was fine. Uh, it, I, my favorite Thanksgiving thing I ate was the next day. I, of course, made like a, a sandwich with some leftovers, slap, spread some mashed potatoes on that shit on the English muffin, uh, put a couple green beans on it, uh, sprinkled some cheddar on there, threw it under the broiler. That was delicious. Yep. Um, but that's the only thing you really need. You don't have to, you don't have to waste, you don't have to waste your time with all this shit. It's stupid. <laughs> well, the closest thing I got to Thanksgiving this year was I've, I've been enjoying TikTok lately. As of you, I'm not a creator. Don't think you'll see me dancing on TikTok anytime soon, but there's a guy on there called roll for sandwich where he gets out his D20 and rolls for toppings on his sandwiches. Mm. And he's been doing a Thanksgiving leftover um, roll for sandwich, and it's been great to see the results. And I think the leftovers okay. are better than the meals themselves because um, the amount of cranberry sauce out of the can he slathers on, it's kind of amazing when that came up. And he got a great, great combination of sauces and whatever. He got lucky, I'm guessing. There was a, uh, there was a, there, there was a TikTok a friend of mine from high school, not even a friend, somebody I know from high school. You know how you have people on Facebook that you just like know existed in high school, but yes. they're your face they're Facebook friends now. Well, this lady got get, broke she broke two ribs trying to do a TikTok. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, you gotta you gotta chill. What are you doing? Um I actually have a sandwich uh uh a person that you can check out too. Um Tony, I know you've got Instagram. If you're on Instagram, gang, you can check out Sandwiches of History. I don't know if you're familiar with this, Tony. I am. Yeah, I like this fellow. He's just like kind of a dorky fellow in his house who makes a couple minute long video every day of him making a sandwich from like a hundred year old book. 
And sometimes it's like, this is called the butter sandwich and it's fucking <laughs> nothing. Um, but sometimes it's actually interesting or weird. And I always, I always enjoy watching that. Yep. He's also on TikTok. Um, I believe it's the same dude. He is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's on TikTok. It's the same guy. Um, but I, I always like those sandwiches and I always have sort of unusual, a lot of them have unusual ingredients. Like, I don't know. So many of them have chopped ham, like chop, like making yep. a ham salad. And I never realized how popular ham salad was until I watched this. My, my grandma used to have ham salad around all the time. Do you know why um, though? It goes back. It's one of the few products that was shelf stable. that didn't need refrigeration in a time where refrigerators weren't reliable or weren't well, even just, a thing. It's just like why we make chicken salad and tuna salad, right? I mean, chicken yep. salad, I presume, used to get made with canned chicken. I'm sure people still do it. I don't, I don't, I just you cut up some chicken poached chicken breast or something, you know? But um, yeah, tuna salad, I mean, you're just dumping it out. I mean, that's a canned, shelf stable canned uh, yeah. thing. And ham was, it was probably like deviled ham or, or one of those like canned ham yeah, <laughs> type spam. situations or spam for that matter. Actually, I think it'd be much better with spam. Oh, without a doubt. Um, now, the salt content would really be nice in there. Non-controversial take, but something I didn't realise. Spam has to be the Rolls Royce of canned hams. I, I don't think that's I think controversial. That's, I think so. I think you're right, but I think people would frown upon, people do frown upon spam um, in general. Not, not me, though. You know, we've talked about this out here yep. in Vegas where we have sort of a, a, a Polynesian. wide variety of yep. Pacific Islanders out here. Spam is very popular. And, hey, I was one of those people that used to shit on it but tried it delicious, so I have to go with it. Big fan. Salty as I'll get out, but. Yeah, but um, so is regular hand, it with they the, just hide the, it better. The spam, spam masubi, I'm sure, I think we've talked about these before. I'm sure we have. They're so good. Just the spam wrapped up in like a sushi roll, like a, 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 a seaweed and rice roll. And it's got this like sweet teriyaki like sauce. Yep. With it. Oh, so tasty. <laughs> so tasty. So salty. So bad for you. So good. I love it. Um, yeah, Tony, it's uh, uh, I'm, I'm actually glad I'm glad to be back here in Vegas. I have to go back to Chicago in two weeks. When I got to Chicago, Tony, there was snow on the ground. Uh, it was it was very painful. Didn't care for it. Uh, I'm out on it. So you um, weren't reminiscing about snow and, and the powder? No, the I sort was of so cold. Movie, movie fantasy of, of what snow Mm-mm. is. Mm-mm. And I was ready to get the fuck out of there when we left, yeah. No, I was done with it. There's things about Chicago I like. Um, had a great dinner at our, one of our favorite like fine dining places called Sepia. Kelly and I went. Absolutely wonderful. Um, I'm telling you, the, com- the compachi, like... Uh, uh, not, it's not a ceviche. What would they call it? It's not a tartare either. It is. It's sort of like a tartare. Um, yep. uh, but it, it's, it's so delicious. Uh, so that was a great, that was a great meal. Didn't have any Italian beefs this time around. Oh, um, no. Nah, it just didn't, you know, just too many, not enough meals, you know, not enough yep. meals, but, um, and we, we, it was, it was a good time. It was nice to see friends and family, all that stuff, but I was ready to get home. Um, and of course I left my big winter coat. We pick up our winter coat at the in-laws and we just drop it off at the end. Didn't even bother bringing it back to Vegas. And then guess what? I learned I have to go in two weeks and I'm fucking freezing my ass off <laughs> my little puffer jacket. So that's going to suck. Um, but yeah, it's done now for a little bit. 
Um, you guys had Brian on. Um, what would he complain about anything good or is it most, I mean, my guess with the, the rhythm of a Brian show is, uh, we get in there first thing, first jack off story, you know, got to hit that, got to get the jerk off story off, off the bat right away or interrupted sex story. Well, uh, one of those two led you know, to, and didn't get either. Wow. Wow. Do you know why? His wife was in the same wow. room as him, so mm. <laughs> he had to curtail that. But no, okay. it, it was a free flowing, free healing show. I don't think that stopped him before. I don't. <laughs> I don't know how often that's, that he's run up into that. That that, um, that is true. But no, it was your classic Brian free really wheeling show. It wasn't really a. A uh, beer engine show, but it, it kept the feed ticking over. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure um, the guys that um, used to lif- listen to um, this in Iowa enjoyed it. Um, I hoped the guys that um, have come to know Brian through this show enjoyed it. But it was a free reeling show. We didn't really talk about beer. Um, we didn't have any games. But I was entertained. And doesn't that was- count for a lot, really? Considering I only do this because I'm entertained. What, what kind of cocktail was he drinking? Did he have like some fucking elderflower infused oh, was, whiskey out there or something? It was some hippie bullshit. Um, you would probably know better than most. So I'm, I'm sure you've. <laughs> I would love it. I'm sure you've been to a bar or two with him um, where he's drank some hipster shit because he he actually admits these days he never used to that he has become everything that he used to hate because it's delicious. Yeah, that's what he likes, and they are good. Um, we actually did go out a little bit before we had to head back for it was it was Kelly's birthday, happy birthday! Um, but she, uh, we went to we went, you know, Todd English is Tony, yes. you know, the chef Todd English. Yep. We went to his new restaurant, which was delicious, fantastic. Um, he has a new like not casino restaurant in the arts district in Vegas. Oh, in his, cool! He opened a hotel too. He opened a non-casino hotel. Uh, very nice restaurant, delicious. Uh, then we walked over to Velveteen Rabbit, which is the hipsterest cocktail bar you could possibly go to. Um, and uh, Brian knocked off a cocktail there and um, uh, let me in on the on the big news that he he's he's trying to bring back uh, some some iteration of TAI, which is fascinating to think about the possibilities of what that could mean. Yeah, um, here's what it means from my point of view. Brian wants to talk maybe once a week, maybe once a fortnight. Um, mm. And he's not good at naming shows. So and he hates Fortnite too. Yeah. <laughs> and his, his kid actually has his microphone to play Fortnite, funny yes. enough. Yep. But uh, my, my point being, he's not good at naming shows. So that's why I think he went with This Ain't Iowa 2.0. I don't think it'll be what it was back in the day for those of you that are familiar with that show. Um, but it will be more Brian content. And, hey, I know you enjoyed it back in the day. I still enjoy it today. So th- that'll be a fun thing. I'm sure you'll be on there yeah. from time to time. I'll be on there from time to time. Um, maybe your wife will be on there from time to time. Oh, um, wow. That'll be something. Uh, yeah, I, I think as a producer I should do my best to provide some sort of fireworks and perhaps get her on with mophobes. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get this on the feed. This is this is comedy gold right here. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Uh, I think, to be honest, the only way that would happen is if if if, if it based on I don't think I've told this on the show, but 
the only way that happens is because phobes will suggest phobes will suggest it. <laughs> That'll be the funniest part. <laughs> you just can't get enough. You just can't get enough uh, embarrassment, can you? Real. <laughs> Uh, no, All so right. it'll, well, that'll be, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens in the new year. You and I know what Brian are like. When this happens, this this will happen. He's announced it on this show, so chances of it actually proceeding are better than what I originally thought. But hey, he's he's not in a real hurry to get things moving. So he's only he's only now uh, committed to about uh, forty to fifty million people. So. I hope he. I hope he knows what what kind of danger he's brought on himself. Hey, we're, um, we're up there with Joe Rogan, um, the call your daddy, daddy lately, and Emma Chamberlain. That's that's where we are, but we're not a Spotify <laughs> exclusive like those three or four are. Yeah, Joe Rogan. Yeah, he's still doing. He's still out there, huh? Good for him. Um, yep. Tony, why don't we? Uh, you know, why don't we celebrate a little bit? So both of our countries. Uh, respectively, uh, the Aussies and the Americans, the Americans were the team that I, I actually, frankly, am quite annoyed by watching <laughs> most of the time. The Australians made the, they're, they're in the knockouts of the world cup. That's exciting for you, huh? You, you love this shit. Look, this is, I think we spoke about this, um, on the show every four years I get excited for soccer. It's a simple enough game. The, um, and has always been the most complicated thing about soccer is the offside rule, and it's not that fucking complicated. Not really that hard. I don't know why people get mad about that. No. Neither do I. When you look at th- things in the NFL um, with ineligible most, receivers and shit like that. Most insane sport to try to understand yeah. if you're new. <laughs> yeah. Just don't be in front of the last defender before the ball is released. All gets passed to you, yeah. yeah. Right. Um but I get excited about it. I, I I don't know the ins and outs of it like you do. You know everything about it, and you know mainly Scandinavian countries. That's kind of your jam, and an English um, championship the only teams. One, You're not really the only a one guy. The only one that was in is out. Is out. <laughs> Denmark out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you know who they lost to? Of course you do. It was Australia. I do. I was watching. Yeah. But. The reason why I'm excited for Australia this time around, it's not the star-studded Australian side of the past. And we're talking relatively star-studded. We're not talking your your Messies or uh, your Baggios or your Maradonas as far as star-studded. We used to have Harry Kuehl and Tim Cahill. Tim Cahill. Tim Cahill was a good player. In the same team. There's barely any guys that are playing overseas. Aaron Moy would be our biggest star, and I'm guessing that you may know his name. I'm guessing. I do. He played for, I think, Brighton and and probably bounced around on those, like, mid to bottom table Premier League teams for a while, and that's a pretty good good way to earn a living for sure. It is, um, but it's mainly made up of guys that come from our national competition and I would say our national competition isn't anywhere near as strong as your uh, Major League Soccer. So for us to come through, we barely qualified. Um, We were considered by most people that we were going to... Yeah, the dancing. Yeah, the dancing on on John Oliver. Goalkeeper, yeah. Oh, the the yellow wiggle, yes. Yeah. but the interesting thing is most people had us finishing bottom of the group um, and that wasn't an outrageous take. 
yet we were able to get through against a side that is normally rated top 10 in the world. Um, did it win the Euros? Um, no, not recently, but, uh, you know, a couple decades ago. I, I would say Denmark is a much more well-paid team than the Aussies, for sure. Yeah. Denmark should have, should have won that game. They have um, at least three, four top division five division top division stars on their on their team and then not to mention the rest of them are playing in the top league in Denmark which is a good league I mean so you you would think they should should have been able to 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 beat the A league guys yeah yeah now what's your thought on America because when I, I look at America, I don't see a lot of talent, top-line talent around the world, kind of like Australia. It's, it's more a national league, but you've got a fairly big pool of players to draw from these these days compared to what you were doing um, when the World Cup was in there's, Miami all those years ago. There's more guys who are playing in Europe now um, on the U.S. team. I hate the manager. I think he's absolutely clueless. He has no idea what he's doing. He's in so far over his head. Um, every movie made in that game against Iran was fucking disaster. <laughs> I mean, and pointless. Uh, the the team, uh, you know, some of the guys are pretty likable and, and pretty and good players. You know, the two guys for Leeds, uh, Pulisic is obviously a star on a huge team at Chelsea. Um. You know, so there's a bunch of good players. They're not a team that's going to win anything, and their manager is totally lost. He look he looks like he's 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 got the scared like puppy dog look in his eyes the whole game. Um, I I would say I'm unimpressed when we're uh, you know drawing with Wales and eking out a one nil win against Iran. I, that doesn't really. That that sh- that group should have been easier for the U.S. to get out of, um, and at least score goals in, you know. But yep. they're out, you know. That's the point of these. I mean, this is whatever tournament play. You just you you scrape and claw and see what you can get out of it. That's different than league play. I get it. You can't just go freewheeling all the time. Every game is really tense. It's just different. You're not everybody's Argentina or Brazil or France, you know, where you can just <laughs> fly through it. So you got to kind of you kind of got to feel your way through it. They made it. Um, I'm not super optimistic going forward, but maybe they'll open up a little bit now that the pressure's off. I don't think nobody. I don't think anybody expects or needs them to do much more than this. So maybe it'll loosen them up a little bit, and they'll actually play some play a little bit for 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 60 minutes instead of just 45 because they've had some exciting moments, but they can't really do once once you get to past halftime. They seem to like park the bus, and they're not very good at it either. So. But that's um, the um, the the thing that's perhaps most appealing about the game um, is the fact that once you get into a knockout phase, if you get a run, you can outperform expectations. We see it all the time, yeah. whether it be in, in cup games in England with the FA Cup or sure. on the international stage. Japan is a prime example a few years ago. Was that in South Africa where they really performed? Or it might have been... It was, it was, I don't remember specifically, but you're exactly right. Um, I actually think the Netherlands and the U S are more even on paper than you would think. Um, that's a game that the U S could, could win. I don't see any reason 
I don't, I don't see that they, they don't have enough um, firepower to win that game. Um, well, I think Argentina, if Argentina beats Australia, uh, I think, I think that game might be a trick, a trap for the U S I think that one's gonna be tricky. Um, but we'll, we'll just have to see. There is a chance we could meet up Tony, I think, right. Isn't absolutely. Uh, if the U S and, and the Argentina Australia game, we're in the same side of the bracket there, right? Yep. I believe so. And the the yeah we are I I just checked and the interesting right. thing is Australia and Argentina are closer than they look on paper because we're so far below them on paper I think we're ranked sixtieth in the world yet when we play them at a World Cup hey even if we lose four nil we're probably not the sixtieth worst side um, and I think we're going to give them a, a good shake for ten or fifteen minutes I hope and. Uh- and in the same hemisphere, and both start with A, so closer than you would think. Ah, very in a lot true. Of ways. Right. See, look at that. Uh, so that's that. I don't. I, you know, this. I like getting up and watching it. I, that's the thing I've been missing in the last two weeks. Is I like having. And this is what I used to love be, when it was in the summer and not in uh, on, under all of the conditions that the World Cup is happening under. Plus, it being in the winter is so weird because I would be able to watch games now anyway. But this was so good in the summer because you wake up in the summer when there usually isn't soccer and you can just turn this on every day for like a month. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. But um, I do like it still. I still just I just been working from the from the living room because I want to have the games on. I just kind of put it on mute and glance up at it and see what's going on. Got pretty into the, the the Australia game today, and then the um the Mexico the Mexico and our and Saudi Arabia and Argentina and um, Poland thing was was wild for for a little hour there. That was pretty crazy. Well, so the Australian game was not straightforward either because um, France mm-hmm. were playing Tunisia and. France pulled. Um, France almost gave it gave gave you guys in, yeah. Well, they I think they did it deliberately because um, there's there's sort of a history there. It's a it's a Eurovision thing, you know, the song contest where neighbours <laughs> vote for each other, and yeah, that's right. And I think that's what they were trying to pull there. Um, thank God for Matthew Leckie actually scoring that goal. I'm going to um, send you some footage of the. Um, the public square in Melbourne at 4 a.m. when Matthew I saw Leck- that. There was, like, oh, you did. fires and shit. Yeah, it was crazy. There weren't <laughs> fires. Insane. They were just flares. But it, oh, okay, flares. Yeah, we, we get excited, um, kind of like beer people get excited for all the uh, Bourbon County stout. See, oh, see right. what I did there? That's called nice a segue. Se- wow. segue. Well done. Yeah, I, I, well, Tony, I didn't get that excited for Bourbon County, I got to tell you, but... Uh, funny thing happened. So I was back in Chicago, uh, you know, woke up in the morning last day I was there. We left black Friday. We were, we were out of town. We were, we were getting the hell out. Uh, we had a, we had an 11, eh, one o'clock flight, I think. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get coffee. Cause we can't drink coffee at Kelly's parents' house because it's really bad <laughs> so i i was like i'm gonna run over to the coffee shop and grab us something to drink so i go over there and i'm like you know what there is a jewel osco close here jewel osco i think i've said is like albertson's but they get a full they get bourbon county allotments so i'm like i should go see 
what I can get my hands on. You know, maybe there is something. It's already 10 o'clock. They're probably out. They opened at 6. You know, the line's probably been out the door and all that shit. It's fine. So I swing over there, see what's left, and uh, go back to the liquor section. Nothing. Nothing floating around. But I see a sign that says, like, um, you know, we've got everything. We didn't do any pre-sales. Uh, uh, come here at 6. So I start walking back. I'm like, oh, maybe they just ran out of everything. And I look at the customer service desk, and it's stacks of different Bourbon County boxes. I'm like, huh, what's that? So I asked the lady, I'm like, hey, um, you guys selling Bourbon County beers back here? Like, oh, yeah. I'm like, what do you want? I'm like, uh, what do you got? She's like, we have everything. I'm like, all right. Uh, so I, I got everything. I literally got all of them um, nice. without trying. Walked into the store and got everything, uh, which including prop. Got the proprietors, got the two-year barley wine, old Fitzgerald barley wine, got the thirty-year uh, anniversary. I got the wild turkey single barrel original, uh, coffee, biscotti, Sir Isaac's. Uh, I think that's it. But uh, I have tried a couple, Tony. So just quick, quick reviews here. The biscotti is good. Uh, it's the worst rated one. I actually really like it. I think people dislike it because it has a pretty distinct taste of anise, um, which I like. Um, we had the prop. The prop I was quite terrified of because it has pineapple, lime, and coconut in it. It was pretty decent. Um, I actually I actually liked it more than I thought. It was more coconut forward than it was like lime forward, which I thought would have been weird. And then I had the Sir Isaacs, which I also found very pleasant. Uh, very a ton of fig, very deep dark fruit flavor. So so far, so good, pretty good across the board. Well, it's it's good to hear, but it's never something that's in doubt. Um, do you think the luster is wearing off specifically in your state for that beer? And I know in Illinois, yeah, because there's so much other quality that you talk about, whether it be. VSOD or any of yeah. the numerous other like big stouts that are also consistent. I would honestly still say I would rather have any of the revs rev stouts or benthic. Than oh, these. benthic is what I was really yeah. forgetting. I I have I have I got those luckily, um, but yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I think there's a lot of comp- shelf competition, as it were. Um, I. Uh, I also think it's 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 quite expensive. Um, really? I was up there. Another another guy was up there, and he was like, "How much is this? How much is this?" And he's like, "Like, geez, these are expensive, and they are. Some of these bottles are forty dollars. I mean, um, I, wow. I think that's a little. I think that's a little extreme. I mean, I can get a four pack of straight jacket for forty dollars. Yep. You know, I know that a per ounce thing. I mean, still, it still works out pretty strongly and in the favor of revolution. I, I just think, I think they're overpriced and I think they are, are good, but not perfect. Um, yep. not as, not as, um, they, uh, they have, they have little faults to them. Uh, said you could all think of the others and it, yeah. I don't know, but, I got them. I, I sucked it up. I coughed up the dough. I got them all uh, for the content. I haven't. I haven't actually opened my biscotti or my Sir Isaac's. I I just they had them on draft at Corey's. 
Um, so I just got him when I got home to Vegas. <laughs> uh, the only one, the only one I would not have been able to get at all here would have been prop. Yep. Um, cause we got some barley wine. We got the 30 year. Oh, and I got the wild, tur- the wild Turkey single barrel was only local too, I believe. Um, but, but do they uh, hold up? Like I know there's a lot of hype around the single barrel stuff, but do they really hold up? Because it's what they pushed a couple of years ago, where um, they were looking at individual markings, and they were. Um, I actually I haven't tried the original plane, so I don't I don't know. Uh, I just saw it tasted good. It had a nice sharp bourbon taste. So original might just kick ass this year too. Um, so I, I I don't know. I, I you know me I. I can't tell. I'm not sitting there being like, "Oh, I can taste the turkey." You know, I don't. <laughs> uh, I just thought it was nice and sharp. Maybe had a little extra snap to it because wild turkey itself can be a little bit harsh. Yep. Um, sometimes, so I, I kind of, and you know, I kind of enjoy that that snap, so that little ethanol flavors. Yeah, oh. it was fine. I liked it. I got them all. Uh, if you want to get them all, I highly recommend you just walk into your local fucking Jewel Osco and ask somebody. You might, yep. might be able to get them. I think um, they'll be easier to catch than Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, don't, cho- don't, don't, don't go out there and try to get a, you know, a Pikachu. Just go get this. Got to catch them all. Got to catch them all. Got to catch them all. Got to got to catch them all. Um, all right, Tony. We have a lot of Discord stuff to work through, so why don't we jump over to that? Would you look at that? That's all as right. close as professionalism as you get from me. We nailed it. We nailed it. Um, let's jump in at the beer chat. That's really the one we're, we're not Oop. is going ham on brewer. Uh, going to go back to about uh, the 18th or so, maybe. <laughs> um, unless there's something the before date. that I have to hit real bad. Yeah. Um, is there yeah, any? Yeah. Uh, well, I do want to shout out Corey getting the Abraxas package. Uh, I think we yep. might have talked about that at some point. That's cool. Um, uh, we had some nice stout pictures from uh, Max Allotment. Uh, he was drinking some Treehouse Vanilla Bean Quadruple Shot Imperial Stout. Yeah, it's fucking good. It probably their stouts are good. Um, uh, and I like um, Corey's um, grocery shopping. That That is priorities right there. That is important. Yeah, he got some Hop Slam, which has just got a new release. Uh, there's some Caldi coffee, some Shoffley coffee stout, and some Forehands chocolate milk stout. That looks good. Um, Max Lobbin drinking more of that Tonewood Lager. That's cool. Uh, I'm kind of curious about those Tonewood Lagers, uh, uh, Tony. I would definitely get in on those. Oh, this was funny, Tony. We didn't get to talk about this, but when I was in Chicago just for work, there's this fucking bar called Beerhead, which is a terrible name for a bar. Yes. And it has like nine, it's one of those bars with like 96 taps or some shit that's always fucked. But yep. this one, walk into it, um, and they have just a ton of bottle logics on draft. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? This is wild. Um, so I actually got to try a couple of bottle logics. That's what I was saying to PMAC I, um, that like Intrepid Orchard, I had just drank it a couple days before he asked about bottle logic dropping in Australia. 
because I had been at this beer head place, which had a bunch of random bottle logic barrel age on draft. I'm like, what's going on here? But um, I hope I, I, it looks like as we get down here that PMAC did get his hands on some bottle logic. So shout out to that. Good call. Um, we have uh, OW2 is drinking some Ryeway. The Ryeway this year, Tony, is so fire. Um, drinks It drinks so easy. Yep. It's like it's like you can pound it. It's nuts. Um, all right, Nick Torque. We missed a few of them, but let's jump in with you. Number 77, Cavalier Brewing, Redhead Red IPA, and Hellas Bells, and Chicken Chorizo Empanadas from the food truck. Looks great. Um, see, the empanadas are, are kind of getting me. I'm, I'm in on that. Yep, who doesn't love an empanada? Uh, he hit Future Mountain Brewing and Blending for some great farmhouse ales. This place looks like my kind of joint right here. Tony, yep. have you had any from these guys? No, I have not. Um, he's really hitting some of the smaller breweries around the Victoria region um, and haven't had a chance to have any of the, this stuff. Um, Corey drinking the Abraxas salted chocolate. I'm not sure. I, he'll have to tell us how that was because um, that one sounds good to me. Uh, I'm, I'm curious of that one. Uh, Max Lobman drinking some mushroom sour. It's funny. This is, oh, this is some carton uh, stuff. Yep. It's funny because I've had a mushroom sour before from Scratch Brewing, which is in Southern Illinois. Um, it's like a foraged chaga mushroom thing or something or other. It's pretty good. Yeah, uh, going back in the homebrew um, scene about 10 years ago now, it was a big thing that they were working on recipe developments with mushrooms and so it's it's obviously made its way over onto the commercial side. I see nothing wrong with it, um, especially for wild and sour beers. Sounds delicious. Uh, all right, Nick, back at it. Uh, oatmeal stout at Cubby House Brewing in ba- Ballarat. Yep, uh, nothing complicated about the, that town. It is good. the coldest town in Victoria, the coldest major city. It's below sea oh, level wow. and, yeah, famous. How about this tur- Turkey Day Stout from Max, uh, Yam Jam, uh, whiskey barrel-aged imperial stout brewed with sweet potato, Yep, brown sugar, marshmallow, cinnamon, nutmeg, and lactose. All right, I would definitely give that a spin. Only because it's cut. Going to say with other breweries, I reckon that could become pretty gimmicky pretty fast. And um, but I give that brewery the benefit of the doubt from everything I've heard. All right, Love Shack Brewery in Castlemaine. Oh no, Tony, they're a bottle shop only. It's it's now only seventy nine of one thirty four for Nick. Oh no, brutal, brutal. Okay, he went over to. Don't worry, he got to eighty a few minutes later. That Shed <laughs> Shaker. The Knucklehead Rye IPA. That's actually what I would order too. Yeah. Uh, and then about a solid, oh, the, uh, 50 minutes after that, Tree Brew in ben- Bendigo. Yep. Um, oh, it's a brew-it-yourself place with its own beers on draft. That's interesting. Okay. And then another hour later after that, the Heathcote West Coast IPA at Cornella Brewing. Uh Man, this guy, I love it. And he's on a roll. Here he goes. Pauling Brothers Brewery on that day. All the IPAs and the ice cream IPA. That's fun. I actually like this little flight setup right here. And then hit Nagambi Brewery. Nagambi. Nagambi. Yep. Uh, and got a brown ale overlooking the lake. Very cool. 
Nice, nice day for Nick right there. That was a good one. Uh, he was at a work event too. He gets to claim expenses for 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 kilometers and lunch. Perfect. Um, what else we got? Uh, oh yeah, PMAC did get the bottle logic. I see that. Okay, sure good. did. So he got his dad got them all uh, except the mint. Good choice. His only condition that he couldn't tell his mom. The cost. <laughs> uh, you got the cryo preservation, crust decor, cake day, motions of the moon, and ghost proton. Um, all right, that's cool. Nice job. I'm excited for you to try on PMAC. Maybe he does later on. Um, uh, W2's down in Louisville drinking some smoked lager. That's cool. Yep. It is. Uh, oh, PMAC at a bottle share. Hell yeah. I, I thought he was in, in Cutter already, by the way. So I was like, oh, hope you're keeping that secret. Um, six of the bottles were Bridge Road, B2, Bomber Max. And uh, they're a good beer. I've seven, had eight, a couple nine, 10, of 11, those. Some Hargreaves Hill, sour stuff between the darker stuff. Nice. Good kill shot right there by, uh, by PMAC. Nice job. Good work. Um, uh, okay, and then you were here's you, Tony. Bicycle Day from Mountain Culture. Tell us more about this one. Microdosed Oat Cream IPA. Well, we're not going to get into detail because it'll it'll come up in another segment. Um, just um, we'll let me it. say it's delicious at this point. Here you go. The Urban Alley Brewery at the Knox City Westfield Mall. <laughs> is that, is Westfield the chain of malls that yes. you guys have? Because we have that too. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. Uh, um, so this founded is a in Australia. Bre- little mall brewery. Um, third best Aussie pale ale in the world. It looks good. Um, you know, I was in Chicago. I went to a Crushed by Giants Brewery, which is just above like a movie theater in a shopping type it's not a mall but it's just like a building where there's a marshals or something they make good beer too so this is a nice looking brewery tony i would say at this urban yep. alley place uh and then we we hunt down to the bottom um so tony i don't know if you want to talk a little bit about the status of mafco brewing but yeah. um you and nick were talking about that yeah um my local brewery will be open this year serving other people's beer. They specifically talked about Good Times and um, Sailor's Grave being the the two beers that they're going to have taps on. They're waiting for three-phase power to come in, but otherwise they've got all their permissions ready to go and all their equipment in um, position. The um, electric company just need to get their ass into gear. Blame Jeff Kennett if you want to blame anybody. Yeah, my um, favorite part was when you guys started talking about the uh, the news reporter with big cans. That was really okay. all I was here for. So one of the um, statewide news bulletins, this goes out to a potential audience of five and a half, six million. They don't get anywhere near that, but it's still a pretty big audience. They occasionally go out and do on-location um, mm. scouts at country towns and for whatever reason they chose Mafra and they chose the Mafco Brewing they were on, were able to spruik um, their opening and then we got into a discussion of the attractive um, weather ladies in the Australian news scene um, and because I've been watching Lavinia since she was on Hey Hey It's Saturday only Australians mm. will get that reference. Um, but we both agree that Jane Bunn 
has the better rack out of the two. All right. I'll keep that in mind. Have you Googled uh, Jane Bunn? I, I did. She, she's got a nice pair, yeah. It's hard to argue with that. And she's a St. Kilda supporter, so, hey. Oh, oh my God. All right. The double whammy for you. Um, we shouldn't forget, though, there was one message at the bottom. On beer, um, W. Toods had an Imperial anti-hero. Um, I'm curious about Imperial anti-hero. I've never had that uh, 10%. That sounds like something I might like. I've had double two-hearted, which is a 10% kind of classic IPA doubled up. Delicious. And that's pretty, pretty damn good. So this this could be a winner. Um, let's let's kick around here. A um, little bit of stuff ha- happened in, in the kitchen. Um, I do want to just point out uh, the seasoned kettle chips uh, that I had a while back um, that were seasoned in the flavors of like Stuffing, Thanksgiving stuffing. <laughs> those were those were interesting. Uh, Tony, how's your pizza been going? Uh, excellent. Really been especially out of the park. This um, past session I had pepperoni and had them cut nice and thin so they cupped up nicely with some hot honey over the top. Sounds good. That's a great combo. I've had pepperoni and hot honey before. Put Throw some jalapenos on there too. It's even better. That's how I like Will it. Will do. Um. We got uh, okay. So Nick Torque posted about this KFC Colonel's Arms Pub. Uh, I've been seeing this floating around uh, other food influencer type things. So they got sort of a fried chicken pub going on here. Uh, I don't know who's making the beer for this, but they have themed beers like uh, a Peck Pilsner, Old Spiced Hen. Uh, Zinger Hellas, okay. Uh, you know, that's fine. It's probably, it's just like a one night pop up or a couple day pop up, I would yeah. guess. And that's fine. Cool. Is K- I, I, I didn't know KFC was popular in, in England, but good for them, I guess. And then, uh, Corey also po- posted about this place. I was curious about this style of pizza. I'm not familiar with this pizza technique uh, this restaurant's called press in st louis and uh, it's serving smash pizza his breakdown was that they smash toppings into the dough cook it and then top it again um i'm, I'm highly curious as to what this is but i would try it for sure yeah because i couldn't really get any reference when i went onto their website of what they're actually doing but it does sound delicious it it really <coughs> Oh, excuse me, is an interesting way to sort of change pizza without gimmicking it, it up where you, you're putting on like just like crazy ingredients for the sake of putting it on. When you look at the, I mean, the, yeah, menu, the pizza menu, looks good. It's fairly straightforward stuff, all delicious. So I would get in on the uh, all of these the chicken bacon ranch with brie, roasted onions, arugula, and Cool ranch Doritos. All right. Okay, there Kinda you're fun. heading towards um, more stunt pizza, but yeah. I mean, it's a stunt, I think, already because it's whatever this is, whatever this means <laughs> is already some kind of bit, right? I mean, what's smash pizza? I don't know. Uh, oh, there's some pictures if you get into their ordering page, actually, where you can actually see what this looks like. And it's still kind of hard to tell, but I think Corey may be onto something. Um, 
when you actually look at these, and I think there's something like really pressed into it. Uh, like the toppings are really pressed into it or something like that. But anyways, they all look delicious. I would absolutely try this. Um, moving on. Uh, is there anything else floating around <clears throat> that we have to cover? I don't know if there's anything in general that was uh, particularly meaningful. Not really. Uh, anything in, Anything from the... Uh, or why don't we... You know what? I think we have one question in the mail keg that you may have already answered. So we're just going to have to... Nick Torque just asked when, when the Mafco Brewery and Tap House is due to open. So, Tony, I think you already gave us that one. Did you? No? He's gone. Where'd he go? Sorry, I, I I did mean to answer you then, but I had you on mute. I apologise. Oh, thank you. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that kind of show. I, I'm now starting to cough because I've got a dry throat, but I don't want to leave you in the lurch. Um, as I was saying to myself, um, I have answered it. They'll be open um, l- later in this year. There's only four or five weeks to go. They want to be open before Christmas. So that, that'll be a, a push to get that open, but they've already had a wedding. And I'm guessing mm-hmm. that um, around February they'll, they'll be ha- having their own beer on tap by the time they get tradies in and, and test their system out. Perfect. All right. That's good enough. Why don't we jump into the lager of the week? Oh, we're jumping all the way across there. How unprofessional of me not to be on the correct page. I have to lift my game, don't I? Well, I was actually making sure that um, the show is recording correctly. So give oh, me a pass. Be good, yeah. Pass this week, people. Griff's Lager of the Week. Griff's Lager of the Week. There's got to be an honourable mention or two in your Lager of the Week, doesn't it? It's been a while since you've been on it. I've been giving my Man. beers of the week, even with Brian. You're still you're, you're still dishing them out, huh? Um, man, it's it's tricky. I've been uh, since I've been traveling. I'm, I feel like I'm drinking more uh, pale ales, but I gotta I gotta throw out uh, Art History Brewing in uh, in Geneva, Illinois. Uh, every lager I've had from them is wonderful. Uh, notably, they're doing that 10 degree Play-Doh Czech Pilsner now, which is like 3.8. Uh, called Levitas. That was probably the best one I, I drank uh, from a lager standpoint. I'd also throw out the Italian pills at uh, Crushed by Giants in Chicago. Very good. Uh, very, very easy to drink. And then finally, I well, on Thanksgiving, I was drinking the Czech pills from Phase B in Lake, Lake Zurich, I think, maybe, Illinois, Lake Forest. I don't remember one of those. Um, and that was, that was awfully tasty too. So pills across the board, the, the 10 degree Play-Doh, the Italian pills, the, um, the phase three pills, all, all killer. Tony, how about you? Any lager in the last couple of weeks here? No, not really. Just been drinking macro lagers. So I can't really shout anything out. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, hey, we got some macro loggers to talk about later in the show. So get excited. I shall. But in the meantime, I'll play this mega theme. Tony, what you got? It is the sh- the beer that you mentioned um, on the Discord. It is Bicycle Day um, by Mountain Culture, the guys from Katoomba um, that PMAC really introduced me to. They make some amazing beer. And apparently I didn't check it in last night. How slack am I not checking it in? be interesting to see the scores. It was an oat cream, so a big, thick boy. Um and it just drank delicious. I think it was super fresh. It hit everything that I expect from that style. Super juicy, but still drinkable at the same time. Um, suited to Australian weather. Um, tropical. Um, yeah, really, really delicious, juicy oat cream. Fantastic. Yeah. Great to hear. Um I will throw out a couple from my last few weeks. Uh, one thing I want to recommend, so honorable mentions uh, for the new this year's straight jacket from Revolution, which is about the easiest drinking barley wine I've ever had. Um, it's remarkable. So you got to get your hands on that if you haven't. It's like pure Werther's with a little bit of burn. It's, it's wonderful. Um, got my hands on the... Barrel-aged Alpine Ridge from Riverlands. That was a nice barrel-aged beer, uh, Riverlands in St. Charles, Illinois. This was a barrel-aged Imperial Stout aged in Thomas H. Handy Sazerac Rye and Weller Special Reserve Barrels with coconut, hazelnut, and coffee. That was really delicious. Good for them. Um, And I will throw out the double bourbon barrel neckbeard nectar. All the bourbon barrel stouts have been coming out in Chicago. And this one was also out there. This one is uh, aged in Elijah Craig 11-year bourbon barrels for 24 months and Buffalo Trace bourbon barrels for 12 months. So big winners there. But uh, ultimately, the big uh, prize this week goes to Cherry Brandy Benthic, which we had last night. Uh, Kelly and I shared a 12-ounce can of this. Obviously, it's benthic, hand-toasted coconut and Madagascar vanilla beans, aged in cherry brandy barrels for 11 months. Just a little bit of that cherry, sweet cherry taste, uh, and a little bit of that brandy, you know, harshness, uh, all fit together nicely with all that coconut. So, wow, that was the best thing I had all week. But a lot of lot of winners this last week or two. Out of all the beers that you ever described to me, that thing is right up my alley. I've I've spoken about my love for cherry liqueurs, um, the chocolate. Yeah. Um, that just sounds killer. I thought I would do the unprompted or impromptu version of Untrapped with Let's you. Let's do it. And the bicycle day. Um, so here's the description, and then I'll give you the other vitals. Uh, the trip continues as we enter the realm of the oat cream IPAs, where the sweet and creamy qualities of lactose thrive, with caref- carefully measured blend of uh, Bellama, Sabro, Citra, Mosaic, and Cashmere 
microdosed at multiple stages of fermentation in this thick boy. Overwhelmingly vivid aromas of berries and citrus shine through to complement the vibrant flavours of pineapple, oranges and coconut <coughs> before finish luxuriously smooth on the palate in what is our biggest oat cream IPA to date. There are 632 check-ins. It is 10% ABV. 4.34. Close enough. 4.37. Absolutely fucking oh, yeah. nailed it. It's All right. All right. a delicious, delicious um, beer. I get most Sounds of those delicious. things. I, I, I definitely got the coconut edge to it. Not sure about the berry thing, but definitely got the coconut edge. That's great. That sounds amazing. I would absolutely get on that. I was drinking. There's some triple IPA floating around in in Chicago too. I drink one from Hot Butcher. It's just too sweet, man. This these some of these are just too sugary for me. But that one sounds like it might have enough bite on it. I, I'm drinking a burial right now, and it's hazy and stuff. But you can tell the difference. It just does not have that like sugary upfront taste. It's it's really yep. something. Um, anyways, Tony. I think it is time for us to do a little bit of uh, everyone's favorite segment that we they, they've been missing this for the last few weeks. This is the, this is the stuff people need from us. Um, it's the hyper beer nerd dork shit news. Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. So Tony, I don't know if this news article you put up here is still relevant from Apple News, but I'm going to open it anyways. Um, yep. It's oh, actually this is funny. Okay. From Seven News. Um, one of the um, bars um, in Sydney um, is um, playing some what I would consider um, unethical games with their, their advertising and their payments. And they are charging extra based on the time of the day. So rather than giving a discount for a happy hour, they are putting in a surcharge that they are not advertising to their customers and they're just adding it to the bill. Oh, no. Similar to... And I would easily get fooled on that because I just get the bill and I'm like, all right, whatever. I just sign it off. I'm good to go. But Yeah, but you come uh, from a culture where gratitude is um, something that is common and commonly added to certain bills. Oh, um, yeah, sure. Yeah. There, there is no... Um, there should be no default gratitude in Australia because we pay our workers a minimum wage. If you want to tip, that's absolutely fine. There's no embarrassment. We're not Japan where where people would necessarily become embarrassed, but it's not something that is considered mandated and it, it's a really, really bad move um, from a place like this. I don't know whether they've suffered any backlash from it. I just saw the story and just was kind of appalled that what is this bar? Oh, Bavarian Beer Cafe in. Yep. Where is this? I, I believe it's in Sydney. Sydney. It is Sydney's Entertainment Quarter. Yeah. Um, it increased the menu price by a dollar seventy three. I mean, that's a lot to just jack it up as yep. like a gratuity type thing. Oh, and a five dollar service fee default tip. Oh boy. Um. Yeah, that's no good. Well, a little more lighthearted news. Uh, that we're gonna throw in. Uh, and this is really the only meaningful news I have uh, <laughs> to tell about. So, but we got to talk about it. It's stupid, uh, Tony. Uh, it's a good gimmick. Uh, this is from Click on Detroit. Um, it says, "Is your beer cold? This new ch- chill nail polish will help you k- help you check." So, there's a new nail polish that will allow you to check 
the temperature of your beer. Uh, Molson Coors has released this nail polish called Chill Polish, and it will come out a silver slate color and will turn uh, the Coors light blue to the color of that is if your beer is cold enough. So you grip your beer in your hands, you've got the nail polish on, it turns blue. Your nails will turn blue. Yep. Uh, like you're in anemia, like you have anemia um, <laughs> when you hold the beer, the cold beer. So that's, is, is that reassuring or disturbing? I, I, I can't tell. Well, isn't it what they do with their cans as well to tell that you've got a can it that's is. cold like enough the cans, where you can't taste any flavor? Blue. When the cans turn blue, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's all those harsh that's notes it. slash flavor out of the beer. Why? Why are there so many gimmicks now, Tony? Have we figured that out? There are like a comical amount of like, sh- is this, is this what, like, okay. because marketing, because like advertising has changed so much and maybe it's harder to measure and people aren't watching as much are, are watching TV differently. Can I, um, can I tell you reading magazines? Why, why is this stuff happening? I don't get this. Why is this stuff happening? Simple answer. The d- tobacco industry, they, are the root of all this. This goes back to the tobacco industry in the 1800s. Now, you think I'm probably joking in saying that, but I'm not. Um, they not. they basically created um, a market for a product that wasn't popular and they did it through gimmick, gimmick tree like they are now with nail polish and any other consumer chicken, product. Chicken pub. Yeah, yeah, all this shit. The yeah. reason um, they did that or how they did that was through trading cards. They came up with trading cards of scantily clad women selling it to 12-year-old boys. And if you wanted to collect a set of all the scantily clad women, you would have had to have smoked um, 12,000 cigarettes. So that's how they get people hooked. The gimmick is the hook. And that's really what it comes down to. The gimmick used to be on TV with funny ads. Now the gimmick mm. is online with marketing campaigns. That's the only thing that's really changed. It's always been about hooking people into a brand because like macro beers, it all tastes the same. I don't care what anybody says. Like you're splitting hairs over a terrible beer to like the best example of a macro. They're all kind of the same thing. Just drink them cold. Drink them out of clean lines. They all taste the same. So you've got to get a hook into them somehow. You've got to get Joe Camel in the smoking industry out there or in the beer industry, the Budweiser Clydesdales or for their other product, some nail polish that changes colour. That's what I think it is. All right. Well, speaking of gimmicks, one last thing I want to throw out that just just came across my desk. Wow. this is about hard Mountain Dew, which we've talked about many times, and I've never tried because I'm terrified of it. But um, hard Mountain Dew sales, I'm you're going to be surprised to hear this, Tony. They have hit the brakes hard. No. Um, so national sales volumes over have declined over three months in grocery convenience and other chain retail star, stores. Uh, they got a sales boost from an October launch in Ohio is the only reason the brand bounced back in the four week sales period, the latest one, but Ohio's, uh, sorry, the Buckeye state accounted for 34% of all hard Mountain Dew volume sold in those four weeks. So it sounds like hard Mountain Dew is a gimmick itself, Tony, um, yeah. and because I'm glad- it pops off wherever it goes and then it just dive bombs because 
Uh, it's not something you're just going to drink. I don't know who's just like, I'm just going to sip on this for, for the next few years, you know, um, seems crazy, but I guess Boston beer and obviously the Pepsi corporation are both unhappy since Boston is making this shit for them. Sorry to make this the TikTok uh, podcast, but what you were mentioning made me think of it. There was an Australian, um, lady that had been living in America for a while and was talking about how she has to be careful with her accent um, with some words and Mountain Dew was one of them because we don't say Dew with the hard D. Um, In Australia, it's just Dew. We get Morning Dew or Mountain Dew and that can come off. Sounds like you're saying a Mountain mountain Dew, yeah. Yeah, but that is just how we say that specific word and she has to be really careful in saying that because it doesn't come off right and kind of sounds anti-Semitic and just <laughs> just the way we pronounce the word Jew. That's how Nick Fuentes came to be. Oh, yeah. you heard that. D- yeah, don't don't rope me into that. Yeah, we're, we're gonna skip that one. All right, Tony, <laughs> we got a long we got a long game, so we're gonna we're gonna jump ahead. Tony, I ever I, I have brought back uh, with the with the um, you know with the World Cup going on. Uh, it's time for knockout play, some tournament play, and everybody, for some reason or another, seems to love when we play uh, the untapped bracket game. So, wouldn't you know? I have done. I have went through, uh, done the done the hard research, done the uh, digging around in untapped, and we are going to play some World Cup, uh, a, a World Cup bracket style um, with. Uh, countries and their top selling beer it's time for some untrapped bracket type slash bracket that's right. Uh, Tony, here's what I've done today. Uh, now, we, bo- we both know that the, the knockouts haven't been fully decided. Nope. So I went through uh, the undecided uh, areas, and I just picked uh, based on what I think is going to happen. Um, I like it. So that's maybe it's probably going to be wrong, and some of these teams will not be in the knockouts, but who cares? This is about beer. Now, the other thing I did was we are not playing the knockout games themselves as they would be set up. I have reseeded this, okay. uh, much like we did when we did the college basketball yep. uh, style. Well, I've seeded it based on my own uh, intuition, I would say. Um, we've seeded the, the quote-unquote teams, and the teams are, uh, or the, the, the competitors are, uh, countries that are playing in the World Cup, uh, that, and, and it's there top-selling beer in their country that they make in their country, as it were, if okay. that makes sense. Yes, it does. So, for example, uh, for Germany, it'll be the top-selling German uh, beer in Germany, um, which is probably the top-selling beer in Germany, frankly, but uh, I don't. I, that, that's just semantics that don't really matter, frankly, because um, I'm going to tell you what the beers are. So we have 16 teams. We're going to bust through this bracket. Uh, Tony, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight uh, in the first round. So let's bust, let's get through these um, and see how you do. I would say if you can get um, half of them per round, we'll we'll set you free. Okay. Okay. 
All right, first round. I and remember, this is seeded, uh, and I didn't know the beer. Either. Yeah, I seeded these based on the country, yes. and then looked up the beers. I've got just, you. just for the record. Yeah. So the first round, I have the the top seed is Germany. Uh, you want to take a wild guess at what the the beer is, Tony Heineken. Kronbacher. Kronbacher is the number one Ooh, selling German beer. Could be. Uh, Kronbacher Pills and the number 16 seed, uh, Uruguay, Uruguay with their Pilsen Lager, uh, the Uruguayan Pilsen Lager. Uh, the brand is Pilsen. Uh, so, uh, of those two, who do you got? Who's your winner between Germany and Uruguay round one? I know Uruguay won the first ever World Cup of soccer. They did. Uh, but I cannot take them here. Germany are playing terrible football at the moment, but they mm-hmm. have a better quality beer. All right. Tony has chosen Germany. We'll go through the round at the end. Next up, you have the eight-seed Croatia. Uh, you'll never guess what their beer is, and I'm probably not going to pronounce it, but their top-selling beer is a lager called Ojusko. Okay. Um, and then Portugal's. Uh, Portugal is the ninth. Seed and their top selling beer is a slightly stronger lager called Superbach. Oh, Portugal sounds They're very not a very strong. Yeah, Portugal Still sounds very generic though, so I can't rate it highly. Superbach, it's like it feels like Shinerbach is the fancy cousin to that beer. So I'm sorry, Portugal, I'm I cannot abide. You're going with Croatia there. Okay. I am going with Croatia. Croatia. Um, all right. Uh, let's go next to uh, – okay, sorry. Let me just write these down. That would be handy. I should probably write down what you're picking. Yes, it, it would be rather handy. It will help me later. Yes. Next up, uh, the five-seed France, uh, their top seller. You might be able to guess this one. Tony, what do you think? Top seller in France. Oh. In France, is it a French beer? It has to be, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's like Cronenberg. Is that French? It is Cronenberg. You're right. That is French. Cronenberg is the one. You you get that? That's the five seed France and Cronenberg against the twelve seed. Oh, it's you, Tony. It's Australia. Oh with shit! The, gr- the gr- uh, you sure you might know what it is, Tony. Great Northern. It's the best selling beer in Australia. Great Northern Super Crisp. That's right. Um, Tony, who you got? Cronenberg or Great Northern Super Crisp? You know, I was going to take anybody against Cronenberg until you said it was Great Northern. And I can't take Great Northern. Great Northern is a trash beer. It comes in clear bottles. Clear bottles, not even green. No problem. Clear yeah. bottles. Uh, Cronenberg for the win. How, how does that get through? That's a trash beer, too. A lot of these are trash beers, Tony. I got to shout it out for you. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, the, the four seed is England. What do you think the best selling English beer is? Oh, it's so you, you want to say, say I was surprised by what it is. You want to say so, something like Fuller's, but it's not Fuller's. Is it like Tetley? It's Carling. Oh, of course, um, it's Carling. Yeah. Carling. Erling, yeah. So that's the four seed, and the 13 seed is Argentina. And this beer, I, I believe you would pronounce it Quilmes, Q-U-I-L-M-E-S. 
I think a lot of you'll get some international travellers that'll think um, Carling yeah, will be the space and untapped. Yeah, will be fancier than what it is. Again, trash beer, but I think it gets through. I think you've got that seating correct. I think okay, you've got England above Argentina. Yep. Uh, next up, three seed is the Netherlands. You've already guessed this one. You know what the best selling beer in the Netherlands is, Tony. Heineken. The best Dutch beer. It's Heineken. That's right. And the 14 seed is Senegal. And Senegal's best selling beer is called La Gazelle. The uh, favorite gets through. No love for the Gazelle, I'm afraid. Frankly, these beers might be made by the same company, for all I know. Probably. Um, next up, you've got. But the sixth seed is Switzerland. Their beer is called Cart Cardinal. And the 11 seed is the Stars and Stripes themselves, the Yanks, with you know what the best selling beer in the USA is. Of course. Everybody knows this. It is. What is it? um, Rolling Rock. No, it's Budweiser. It's Bud Light, actually. Bud Light. Uh, it's Bud Light. So you have Switzerland's Cardinal uh, or the USA's Bud Light. I'm going to go for the upset. Here's my logic. Stay with me here. We know Switzerland has high alcohol taxes. Well, we don't actually know that. I made that up. But I believe they probably would. Oh, we do. Yeah. yeah. So I think for the amount of quality and dollars you have to spend on that beer, I think it's going to get knocked. Therefore, I think... The value proposition that is Bud Light that you can pick up a twelve pack for nine bucks or whatever it, you can these days. Um, yeah, it gets the win. I'm with Bud Light. I'm going with the USA. Okay, next up, number seven seed is Poland. Uh, Poland is, uh, I think you would say Z- Zuber. Yep, Z U B R. And the number ten seed is Spain with Estrella Dam. Estrella oh, Dam is trash. Yeah, you've you've got the seeding right. I have to go with the number one seed, the the higher ranked seed. All right. And the last one in the first round, Tony. It's the number two seed. It's Belgium. Uh, their top selling beer. What do you think, Tony? This one surprised me. Um, what do you think their top selling beer is? Oh, it's not Stella. a beer that we like. It's not a, Stella. It's not a, it's a, you think it's Stella? Yeah. Uh, Stella is actually sort of the Fosters of Belgium, sadly. <sighs> uh, it's one of the best-selling beers in the world, but not in Belgium. Their top-selling little lager there is called Jupiler. Oh. Um, and it's the number 15 seed. I have Brazil, and their beer is called Skull, like the Swedish uh, way to say cheers. So Belgium and Brazil, who you got? The two seed and the fifteen. I'm oh, there's so much good beer in Belgium. Does it get marked more harshly because it is so tr- so much trash? Yes, I think it does. I'm going to pick a major upset. This is Australia versus wow. Denmark. Tony's Tony's in an upset mood today. I like it. All right, this is fun. All right, let's go down the first round real quick. Okay, uh, as we've done in the past. So first round, you had. Germany beating Uruguay, uh, that was correct. Uruguay, the Pilsen Lager leaves with a rating of 2.69. Um, woof. <laughs> that's not good, but I reckon uh, that's not going to be the lowest. You chose Croatia over Portugal. Yep. Uh, you were wrong. Oh. Uh, Croatia 
the Ozusko loses to the Superbach. Ozusko has a 2.99 rating. Nine so nine? Not horrible. Not horrible. Uh, you chose France over Australia's Great Northern Super Crisp. That was a good choice. Uh, Great Northern Super Crisp exits the proceedings. What do you think, Tony? You can guess that one. 2.34. Uh, you went too low. 2.69 for the Super Crisp. Uh, you chose England over Argentina. This was the upset here, Tony. Uh, Argentina, uh, the, the Quilmes moves on. Wow. Uh, Carling, uh, made in Burton-on-Trent, England. I confirmed this because I was like, well, didn't that used to be made in Canada? <laughs> it did, actually, uh, a long, long time ago, and now it's made in, in Burton-on-Trent. Carling has a 2.6. Oof. Oh. Brutal. Brutal. Um, you picked the Netherlands over Senegal, uh, Heineken over La Gazelle. Uh, that was the correct choice. Uh, La Gazelle exits with a 2.79. Ooh. Uh, you picked the good old Stars and Stripes over Switzerland, the neutral Swiss. Uh, sadly, uh, the home of FIFA and the home of The Hague and all that other stuff actually did beat Bud Light. Cardinal beats Bud Light. Well, Bud I, Light has a rating. What do you think Bud Light's rating is, Tony? I feel Bud Light. I feel disabled. I feel like a redhead. Um, if anybody remembers back to the start of the tournament, they'll get that reference. Um, Bud Light, 2.58? Two point, 2.33 oh. for Bud Light. I, I so still say great, moves, great Northern's worse. It probably is. Uh, Switzerland moves on. Uh, you picked Poland over Spain. That was also wrong. You had a bad run here. Um, Poland's Zuber exits with a 2.96. High rating, though. And you picked Brazil's Skull over Belgium. Yes. And the Jupiler. An interesting theory you had, but ultimately the incorrect theory. (laughs) Brazil, actually, this beer was the lowest rated of the all of them with a, a... 2.24. 2.24. Oof. Woof. That's uh, bad. I might I, 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 I tend to like to drink the local areas like cheap lager because I think it's fun, but I might have to, might have to ease <laughs> off of that one. That one might, I might skip that in uh, Rio or whatever. All right, next round. Uh, they, they come thick and fast now. So okay. uh, next round you've got Germany against Portugal. So that's the Kronbacher against Superbach. Tony, you've gotten three out of eight so far. So you've got to pick it up here. Yeah, I know. And so I'm I'm going to go with the favorite in this one. No big upset. The favorite moves on. Germany. 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 All right. Next up, you've got France and Cronenberg against Argentina's Quilmes. Ooh, Kilmez moves on. He likes Argentina. Over the Cronenberg, gotcha. All right, next up. Boy, this is a real rock fight right here. Uh, Heineken, the Netherlands, against Cardinal from Switzerland. 
Oddly enough, I, I would almost assume Cardinal is a beer made by the Heineken or at least the Carlsberg company. So yes, really um, pretty much the same shit, I would presume. So for that reason, I'm going to say Heineken moves on. Perhaps the Denmark of this tournament, though. I, I, I think people, when they start getting into beer, think Heineken's good. So there is a potential for it to be rated a little bit higher than where it deserves to be. Or they're drinking a lot of keg Heineken. It's not that terrible. It's not good. Yeah, the keg is much better. Um, that green bottle does not do any favors. Also, I used to drink, I drank out of these. Remember the keg cans of Heineken? Oh, I love those things. That's too crazy. They get hot like in one second, though. Um, and last up, Tony, of uh, the second round, you have Belgium's Jupiler against, I've probably mispronounced that 40 times, and Spain's Estrella Dam. Two I'm against sorry. The 10. In that I'm sorry, Spain, you've got to go away. You do a lot right, of things so right, but beer's not one of them. All right, there you go. So you got Germany against Portugal. That was correct, Tony. Uh, Super Bach leaves with a 3.02. Not a terrible rating no, for a Euro beer. Uh, you had Cronenberg over Argentina. Or sorry, you had Argentina over Cronenberg. Yes. Uh, and that was wrong. Cronenberg oh. uh, uh, goes through. Uh, Argentina's Kilmez leaves with a 3.05. Good score. Also a decent decent score. That's right. You have Heineken, the Netherlands, over Cardinal from Switzerland. Uh, that was correct. Yes. Um, Switzerland's beer, uh, Cardinal, has a 2.91 rating that they exit with. And then you have Belgium. Uh, over Spain, and that was correct also. Australia Dam, a 3.11, so really not bad. Uh, you don't like Australia Dam, though, it's a, it sounds like. No, I don't. Don't care do you, for it. Do you like it? I don't. I mean, I don't care. I, I, I think I've had – I remember having the – Remember when Jose didn't Jose Don Jose Andres, um, Farin, Adria, Farin Adria make a beer with them some time yes, ago, many yes, years ago? Yes, he did. I might have had that. Yep. I'll I don't see. remember if it, if it was anything or what. But, um, I think that's the only Australia product I've ever had. Maybe at, a, maybe at some resort I had a couple of them. I don't know. All right. Semi-final round. We're down, we're down to some big countries here. We got Germany. We got, and, and honestly, it's been the big seeds. So we have the one, two, three, and the five. That's okay. who's here. England, England, of course, choked, as they always do. <laughs> yep. Uh, they're out of here, but we got France instead. So, on the top end of the bracket, you got Germany against France, Cronenberg against uh, Kronbacher. Battle of the K's here. I you hate- have, by the way, you are six, four. Uh, how many have we done? It was three for eight plus three for four, six for twelve. So you're you're about halfway right now. I hate Cronenberg, and I still hate Cronenberg. So it's not going to be Cronenberg, Kronbacher. Yeah, that's what I would do too. Uh, and then the next one you have Belgium and the Netherlands. So Jupiler and Heineken. Um, Jupiler. 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 Oh, I don't. You really got Belgium in this? Yeah, I do. Now, 
I want to say that that my um, hatred towards Cronenberg could be my undoing in this game. But hey, we'll we'll find well, out. Let's find out. Well, let's let's make it stressful, huh? Let's start with the the bottom one. Okay. Uh, Belgium and the Netherlands. Uh, you chose Belgium, and that was a easy win for for you. You made the right choice there, as. Uh, Heineken only has, uh, it was the lowest rating left at a 2.94. Uh, Belgium beats that. So Belgium is through. And then you had, uh, of course, uh, your much hated Cronenberg. You dislike it so much. You hate it, uh, more than anything. Kelly yep. used to drink them from the Monoprix, uh, in, in Provence, I think, uh, <laughs> And uh, you chose instead Kronbacher Pills from Germany, the top-selling beer in Germany. And Tony, as it turns out, your hatred was well-served because Kronbacher goes through. So wouldn't you know it, in a stunning turn of events, uh, at the end of this, we are left with Germany and Belgium in the beer beer tournament. Who would have thought? Uh, by the way, Cronenberg, Cronenberg has a 3.11 on untapped. A really not bad macro rating. So, Tony, you got both of those right. That leaves you at 8 for 14. You've pretty much gotten there. Uh, although, I think if you get this one, we'll seal it. We'll pull you out. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm already out, so I can relax. It's just um, uh, you're fine. Okay, so Germany or Belgium? Who you got? Um, Kronbacher or Jupiler? 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 I don't know. I have to go with the the beer that's from a real country. <laughs> I heard somebody say that about um, the, the Belgian um, football club that they're not a real country. Um, <laughs> and I'm also well, going to go. Does off- not care for the low countries. It's just true. Yeah. And I also are going to give a tick to Germany because of their uniforms. Their uniforms are kick-ass. They're playing shit yeah, football. Yeah. They're playing like ass, yeah. Belgium is too, don't worry. Yep. But and they're um, done, actually. Belgium's out, aren't they? They're, they're, are they? No, they're not. They could be. I had the groups up earlier, but I've, I've since um, brought them down. No, uh, they're, not, they're not out. I think I just got down on them. Yep. Germany are going to win the World Cup of Beer. And I think it's it's a close run thing, but yeah, one beats two. This is Federer versus Nadal at their peak with Roger Federer. And Tony, Tony, you're right. It is Federer Federer versus Nadal. Uh, these were by far the two highest rated ones. So I think the uh, the closest was Kronbacher and Estrella Dam at three point one one. Okay. Uh, uh, these two beers, respectively, 3.24 and 3.26. Jesus. Uh, cra- yeah, crazy good ratings for, for being the most popular beer in your country. And the 3.26 belongs, of course, to, hey, a beer that both of us have had many times, right? Kronbacher yep. Pills. Kronbacher uh, Pills is the winner of the Griff and Tony World Cup knockouts. Uh, will we be? Will this be as good of a predictor as the 
uh, octopus or whatever, or the otter or whatever weird animal was predicting the World Cup this year. Yes, I'm going uh, to say only, yes. Only time will tell. Can Germany win tomorrow? Uh, no. Some other crap happens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think they have to beat Costa Rica, and then uh, who has to beat? Somebody has to beat Japan, I think. Um, let's let's let me let me take a look at what I what I thought would happen based on this. Um, show me the standings. Um, okay, so Germany has to beat yeah Costa Rica, and Spain has to beat Japan. If that happens, which don't those are not unlikely outcomes, then Germany yeah. goes through. Belgium has to win tomorrow against. Um, Croatia. That's see. That's tough. Um, or they have to do something with them. I don't know, dude. Whatever. This is imperfect. I just picked some sixteen teams or whatever based on how good they thought now, they were. I have a question. According to Wikipedia, Krumbaka is the second most popular beer in Germany. Now, I I saw a probably reputable site that, well, what is the most popular? What do they say? Um, it, it brings me up to a paywall site, so I won't be. Okay, you see. Well, good enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it's behind a paywall, it doesn't count. So I did see some stuff that said Oatinger yep. uh, had a past history as being the top-selling beer. But more recent articles showed Krumbacher as the number one selling beer. So I really didn't know where to go with that. So I just rolled with it because Krumbacher was a beer I'd had and I liked it. And Oettinger was a beer you've had and you think it's good. So yep. I think they might have. Uh, let's see what Oettinger's rate rating is. Let's see if they would have won anyways. I don't think that would have. You don't think so? No, I love it. But Uh. Oh, they wouldn't have. Um, it has a terrible rating, actually, funny enough. So, I, I, you know what? I'm going to say the Germans have good taste, and they switched over to the higher-rated beer. They want to be, they want the people of Untappd to respect them, the nerds and weirdos like us. Okay. It's important to them. Okay, so uh, our game was legit. Everything about it was true. And uh, every, all the listeners here can go out and use this as trivia knowledge. I think that's it. I think that's. I think that's just. I think that's the gospel now. Yep. Go out, find yourself a trivia night, um, hassle the quizmaster, make <laughs> him ask you a beer question, a very specific <laughs> beer question, make him get the answer that you think is incorrect, and then challenge him on that shit. And ask him to go outside. Yep. And then ask him for his home address. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Tony, I think we've uh, done this show enough times now that we can go ahead and wrap it up. Okay. If you want to get more of us, you can do that on Instagram at Beer Engine Pod, or you can send an email to us at beerengineshow at gmail.com. You can send us a tip, ko-fi.com forward slash Beer Engine Podcast. And the most important place to really check us out is listening to this podcast. If you want to see our beer reviews that we don't put more than 15 seconds thought into, you can do that on Untapped. That man across from me in the virtual world with a bad internet connection today, probably not his fault, probably mine, is Griff AD. And mm-hmm. you can 
hit him up on Untapped. If you want to hit me up because of my smooth vocal stylings, I'm St. Morris right. on Untapped. Um, I check beers in all the time. Um, it's going to be great having Griff back because he's going to do the show notes for me. I apologise for my terrible show notes, but I apologise <laughs> for nothing else. Nobody reads them. I know. The all search right, engine yeah. does. I, I think one thing. Thing you should definitely do is uh, that I didn't say during the Discord is hit us up in the Discord, uh, send us true. a note on Instagram, send us, send us an email. We will add you to the Discord. You can come party with us in there, post your pics. You can, if you're trying to go to all 150 breweries in your state or whatever, uh, you can document it there. No ch- free of charge. Yep. <laughs> we would love it if you did it actually. Um, so just drop us a note, email, Instagram, no problem. We'll, we'll gladly throw you in there. Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, Tony, any final parting words? The show recorded. Yay. Not- we did it. There some, some audio has been output. Yay. Yet again. I, I just like uh, saying I, yay because I like it associated with something pleasant like our show rather than Nick Flint is. Yay. <laughs> yeah, he loves that. All right, guys, we will be back next week. I Oh, you know what? I'm not going to promise anything, but we will be back next week. Bye-bye.